Hello and welcome to Leanne Ward Nutrition, a podcast where you will find expert advice on all things health and nutrition related. Each week, we will discuss my three niche areas of gut health, emotional eating and sustainable fat loss. My hope for this podcast is to cut through the BS online and show you real, practical and evidence-based messages around nutrition so you can live your best life day in and day out. So sit tight, buckle up and let's get started on today's podcast. Welcome back to another podcast on Leanne Ward Nutrition. Today, I am excited to host accredited exercise physiologist and owner and managing director of Swift Movement Academy, Xenia Wood. So Xenia is extremely passionate about helping people move swiftly and pain-free through education, rehabilitation, and empowerment. Xenia specializes in musculoskeletal rehabilitation and in particular excels when working with people who experience pain or who are struggling to see performance improvements in their movement and exercise, both inside and outside of the gym. Xenia's clientele range from world champion bodybuilders and those with lower back pain when lifting, right through to mums trying to improve their fitness and daily strength. Xenia, welcome back to the podcast. So we previously recorded an episode on the top five reasons why you're not able to build muscle in the gym. And that was super popular. So I thought that I would bring you back as our expert to have a chat about weight training just from a beginner's perspective. So welcome back. Thank you for having me again. And we thought we would record a podcast today more so for, um, I know my audience is very much female based, but there are some male listeners as well. Um, But more so for people who aren't confident with weight training, who may not um, really be doing any weight training, but want to get into doing some weight training or who may just sort of be starting off in their journey, but be very much like me a few years ago, where I would stay towards like the functional fitness side of the gym and with the one to 10 kilo dumbbells and never venture into the, the big boy section of the gym. And if I didn't, somebody Which else. Which is not cool. Yeah, but now, now the big boy section. I'm confident there. So we thought we'd record a podcast in terms of just helping women build more confidence with with um with building muscle I guess. Yeah. Awesome. So, let's start off by saying or letting our listeners know why building muscle and doing weight or resistance based training is so important. Yeah, so I think there's a multitude of reasons. We touched on a little bit of it last podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. Um but, you know, it's really important, I think, one, for confidence because to be able to pick up some weight or, you know, do do your first pull-up or something like that, like that is a really, really big achievement and to have that sort of um, little boost of self-esteem is definitely underrated and um, something that is really, really important. But then on top of that, you know, building muscle is going to help to sustain you for longevity with with training, I believe. So I was literally having a chat with my housemate about it before in terms of, um, you know, like doing, should you just do cardio if you're trying to lose weight or, you know, weights training and then how do you go about that? And I think that, you know, like, yes, you are going to burn more calories doing cardio. That's unquestionable if you, you know, have a, a – the right amount of intensity and you're not just sort of going for a casual walk, you will definitely build, um, sorry, burn more calories doing cardio. However, with our weights training, the more muscle mass that you gain or you accrue, the higher, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the higher your resting metabolic rate, right? Mm-hmm. So, it so improve, muscle mass improves your metabolism, which makes weight loss long-term easier. Totally. So if you are able to, yeah, exactly what you said, if you're able to hold on to and, and build some more muscle mass, then you're going to be burning more calories at rest just generally in a day versus someone, you know, if it's your rest day, let's say, you know, you're not doing any sort of training, you're just doing some maybe light movement or whatnot, you're the person who has more muscle mass is going to burn more calories on that day, even if you both sit on the couch and watch binge watch Netflix. Mm-hmm, definitely. And it's also good, I guess, from a, a health perspective as well. When we talk about things like um, bone mineral density, you know, and preventing things like osteoarthritis and that sort of thing. A hundred percent. And I see that a lot. I actually have a client who, um, 35-year-old male, 
already was osteoporotic, which is insane. Like mm. that's almost unheard of. Like you basically have had to have been malnourished. Um, and so he was under eating a lot. So we obviously got a dietitian on board to help with that. But then on top of that, the weights training and, and having that load is really important to help with that bone density. And we know that women in particular are more susceptible to osteoporosis, especially if you're frail or you're um, quite thin. So having that muscle mass to help support that and then also anytime you're sort of doing any jumping or loaded activities like squats or things like that, you are going to also build the strength in those bones. So also preventing your risk of um, fractures and things like that when you do sort of fall and slip and have to catch yourself. Mm -hmm. And I've met many um, young females who have struggled with their eating or have had either eating disorders or a disordered eating background where they've heavily restricted what they've eaten. And, you know, they've broken bones from, you know, just having a little slip at standing height, that sort of thing. So Mm. if you are somebody who has had multiple breaks and multiple fractures, the way that we sort of test um, your bone mineral density is using what we call a DEXA scan. So it measures, um, I guess, your your risk of osteoporosis or that sort of thing. So that's a a tip for our listeners at home. If you're um, wondering, you know, if you've come from a, I guess, restricted eating background or you've had an eating disorder in the past, it is a great idea to get a DEXA scan just to give you an overall idea of your bone mineral density and sort of your risk factors in terms of osteoporosis and those sort of things because it is not a you know, hashtag old person's disease, like a lot of people Mm. think it is. There are very young people like in their early twenties coming through. And as you mentioned, your client in his thirties, um, we're seeing it a lot more in terms of younger people who just aren't nourishing their bodies enough and just aren't moving or putting their bodies under a small amount of load enough. Mm. And it's also depending on what sport you did as a child too. So I was very much into volleyball and basketball, which are both very impact, very jump based. But if you're like a swimmer, you don't have any impact loading. So you want to be making sure that you are doing some sort of weights training so that you can can build that. And they say that um, at least up until age sort of 25, you can still build that bone density and then it sort of will stabilize or plateau um, until you get to sort of 50, 60. However, there's been some research that even says that, you know, if people who have quite a low level and maybe older than that 25, they can, they can now, which wasn't believed to be true previously, they can now actually show that you can build bone density above that age. So it's never lost and the best time to start is now. Great. Yeah. Never too late to start. <laughs> so today I thought we'd have a, a chat about um, top tips for just getting started with weight training. I mean, you don't have to go and crush it in the gym six, seven, seven, I was going to say eight days a week, but there are <laughs> eight days in the week. You don't have to be crushing it in the gym every single day. Like just one to two resistance based or weight based sessions a week is going to be beneficial for anybody, no matter what your gender, no matter what your age, no matter what your background, like weight or resistance training is important just from a general health perspective. And then if you're really chasing those physical goals or those body composition goals where you want to look lean or toned, obviously doing a little bit more resistance training is super important to help achieve those goals as well. Yeah. Now, in terms of somebody who uh, was a sort of a beginner who may just be starting or dabbling in weight training or is so confused and that it's like, I don't even know where to start. It's so overwhelming. It's so intimidating. What would some of your top tips be for our listeners at home? So I guess it depends on where you're at with things, but the easiest, quickest way is to hire a professional. Um, if you want the results without having to go through and scrounge YouTube and then figure out what's good and what's bad and who's an expert and who's pretending to be an expert, uh, the easiest thing to do is just go up to your local PT at the gym and say, Hey, I would love a hand. I would love you to, you know, show me through some technique. I have no idea what I'm doing. Can you please help me? That's what they're there for. And don't be afraid to ask for help. So, you know, even if you have maybe a friend who's been doing it a bit longer than you, that can be a great start because they'll have tips that you didn't even think about to be able to show you and just get you comfortable in that space too. Like if you're alone in the gym, it can be a little bit intimidating, but if you have that person, that little safety blanket to sort of walk you in the first couple of times, it makes you feel a lot more comfortable and confident um, to be able to, you know, get 
get out of the session what you want to get out and and make your way into the weights room definitely I mean I remember when I started um, weight training many many years ago I my sister and I used to always go together and if I was ever by the gym by myself like if she couldn't come I would like grab a weight and there was only about four benches in the small gym that I used to go to and it was like if there were three guys there and I took up the last bench and then I saw a guy come into the gym and I knew that he would want that bench I would just put my weights down and walk away because I was so intimidated and I kind of Mm. felt like I almost didn't belong there I was like who am I, this young girl, like I was in my early twenties to be taking up a weight, weight bench when this big guy obviously wants to train. So don't uh. let other people intimidate you, I guess, but training with a friend or somebody who's a bit more experienced, it might be your housemate, might be a partner, might just be a personal trainer at the gym that can uh. go a long way to building your confidence in the very beginning as well, because gyms can be really intimidating places. Totally. And, you know, find out what works for you. Like it may not be your 24 seven gym that works for you. It may be a small semi-private group where there's maybe six of you. So you get a little bit more specialized attention than you would in your pump fit class or your Les Mills class. And, or it may be, you know, maybe a CrossFit box or it may be, you know, a, a functional training facility, but you know, the biggest thing for, for building this muscle mass and, and starting your weights training journey is to do something that you know you're going to be able to stick to. So find out and maybe, you know, I, I was a bit of a, um, a gym hopper when I first started because I really wanted to get a gym that, that I felt comfortable in and, and was right for me. So I tried them all and I had the one week trial here and the one week trial there and spoke to everyone. So, you know, don't be afraid to really play the field and figure out which facility is going to suit you best and give you that support that you need. Hmm. And for a lot of mums listening at home, there are lots of creches available at um, gyms as well. And they have, you know, special sort of um, mum offers during during the day where it might be like discounted mm. um, babysitting or something like that. So you can go and do your session at, you know, 11 a.m. Yeah. where it's not as busy in the gym. So don't let that sort of be that fear that keeps you out of the gym as well, because a lot of gyms these days do offer, um, you know, child minding facilities as well. Mm. And I actually even used to work with a PT and he um, would offer discounted sessions between sort of like nine to two, because that's when he wanted to be there with clients, but not a lot of people are there. So that's those perfect hours for the mums and the gyms are quieter than two. So if you go straight after you've dropped the kids off, you're going to have probably a few less people around to be able to navigate and sort of figure out how you're doing your workout as well. So that might be a great starting point for people who are, you know, able to get there during the middle of the day. Mm, and speaking of like navigating and figuring out your workout, the worst thing is like, I remember whenever you write me a new training program in the gym, I'm like, what is this exercise? Like I've got to YouTube it or Google it. And I haven't done my homework first. There's nothing worse than getting in the gym and kind of just wandering around like a little lost sheep and not knowing what you're doing. So uh. going in with a plan and understanding the exercises that you're going to do. So you're not sort of there for two hours, just wandering around being like, I don't even know what this exercise is or what the heck is a barbell or (laughs) anything like that. So actually having a good plan and researching your exercises and having some sort of knowledge before you go into the gym is, is really helpful as well, isn't it? Totally. Having a plan is the number one thing. I cannot tell you the amount of times I have amount of time I have wasted being like, Oh, what am I going to train today? I don't know. Like 10 minutes later, Mm -hmm. I'm still sitting there. So, you know, if you set aside that time, if you, you know, sort of are able to, you know, either, you know, have a, have a plan in place, whether that's from a friend, whether that's from an online program, whether that's from your coach, but go in there knowing exactly what you're going to do start to end. So you're not fluffing about and you can navigate the gym as well. So you know that you're setting up, you know, if you have a superset, which is two exercises, back-to-back without a rest break, you know that you've got the equipment for both of them ready and it's right there for you so you're not having to wander to the other end of the the gym to do your second exercise either. Definitely. And that goes like without saying you and me train in very different gyms but because you write my programming for me, sometimes you put exercises in there. I'm like, I don't have a sled push at my gym. Like I can't do that. So I know in advance that I've got to message you and be like, what's an alternative? Or I know in my head, I've got to figure something else out before I get there. If not, I'm going to get there and be like, I can't do these exercises. Or maybe one of the exercises requires a squat rack and the other one requires me to go and be in another a separate part of the gym. So I don't want to be yet wandering from different parts of the gym. So having a plan in place and knowing if I'm able to do all of the exercises before I get there, or if I need to find alternatives before I get there as well, again, just helps your confidence once you get into the gym 
because there's nothing worse than getting in there and being like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm not confident. And now I have no idea because I can't even do this exercise or I don't have this equipment. Mm, Definitely. And then I guess that support coming back to, you know, training with somebody um, is super, super important, isn't it? Definitely. Like I, I'm always less motivated when I'm not training by myself, but I intentionally, um, and this is, you know, probably another tip for the guys, I intentionally put it into my schedule in a spot where it's, I know I'm going to have to do it. Otherwise, I'm just wasting time. So um, in terms of getting started with any sort of training, really, you just want to make it so it's a seamless part of your day. So you are, you know, you have that support, whether it's, you know, I know hubby's going to pick up the kids today so that I can go and I've got from, you know, four till five to do it. So you want to make sure that you're scheduling in your workout. So for me, a workout is a non-negotiable and I choose, say I do four weight sessions a week and I have those and I'm allowed to reschedule it within the week, but I can't delete it from my timetable. So I'm flexible about where it is. If you know there's an emergency, you need to pick someone up from somewhere and something goes wrong, but you reschedule that. You don't delete it and cancel it. I think that's really important as well. Just to have that consistency when you're starting is really, really beneficial because it takes um, at least 30 days to be able to have it, probably longer. Uh, So if you can have that routine and that structure of getting it in, getting it done, that's going to help you to continue the journey as well. Mm-hmm. I always say to people at home um, and my, my followers, if you're starting something new, like new things are always so overwhelming, but linking it to an existing behavior is always um, really beneficial. So something that you do, you know, every single day or something that is just easy for you. So mm. if you have a particular exercise, like you say, you work out um, after work each day, like go and do your new gym session instead of going for a run, go and do your, your weight session at the same time each day, because that behavior is already there. It already exists. And same thing with like healthy eating. Like if you, um, really struggle to eat fruit during the day, but something that you do every single day is brush your teeth. You could put your fruit bowl next to your toothbrush and then that will jog your memory to remember to take a piece of fruit with you to work because that brushing your teeth is already an existing behavior. Uh. So linking a new behavior to an existing behavior makes it a lot more powerful and easy to follow through with. Totally. I have, um, speaking of the toothbrush, I have a a non-negotiable with all of my clients and it's just a little thing and it takes up no time and uh, it just helps with balance and proprioception which is something that sort of gets always left to the very bottom of the pile when we're talking about our um, exercise and our weights training but we do need to be stable is uh, brush your teeth standing on one leg so you can literally do that you, you will hopefully you're brushing your teeth twice a day for about two minutes. That's four minutes of balance training every single day that is just seamlessly added into the routine without having to cut anything. Awesome. Easy addition. Now, what would your top exercises be for somebody who was brand new to sort of like weights training or resistance training, understands the importance of it now from listening to our podcast and is like, right, I think I need to do at least just like maybe one or two days a week of resistance training to begin with. What would your suggestions be for those people who are just sort of starting out um, in their in their weights training journey? What are some of the top exercises that you recommend? So I think they need to, they need to be compound lifts. So they need to be we spoke about this in the last podcast a little bit, but multi-joint exercises. So you're getting the most bang for your buck, especially if you're only going to be doing it one or two days a week. You want to make sure that you're hitting most of your muscle groups in those exercises. So the first one is going to be some variation of a squat. So that could be a front squat. That could be a squat with holding a weight in your hands in the front. That could be a squat with a bar on your back. Um, But some sort of a squat is definitely going to be the first one. Um, then I'd be doing some sort of, uh, deadlift variation or lift from the floor. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a barbell with 20 kilos either side, but it could just be a kettlebell or something where you're learning how to control your spine and your movement and picking things off the floor. Um, then you want for upper body, a push and a pull variation. So Literally a push-up is a great place to start 
Um, and you don't have to overcomplicate it, but we'll get into some technique cues after I've sort of gone through this, but push up or some sort of push based movement and then some sort of pull. So something like a pull up and you can, most gyms have like an assisted machine where you can, um, pull up sort of half your body weight or a third if you need to. And, um, little secret tip with that one the only machine in the gym that the heavier the machine is the easier it is Mm -hmm. so that that weight assists you so if you weigh 60 kilos and you put the pull-up machine on 30 kilos then you're pulling up half of your body weight whereas if you had it on 10 kilos you're pulling up 50 kilos Mm -hmm. So it's opposite to everything else in the gym. So keep that in mind. Yeah. I think it's pretty easy to figure out. You get on there and you put it on five kilos and you're like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And that brings me to my next question. If somebody was, again, very beginner, didn't have a lot of confidence, would you recommend more the machine weights or doing free weights, things like dumbbells and and the the bars, that sort of thing? Would you recommend sticking to more of the machines to to begin with? I really... My preference is free weights. Like if I had some, I had someone control of someone's programming and I could see them, I can take them through it. Definitely would be going more free weights, but I can understand how that can be a little bit more confusing. Uh, So, you know, if you're not confident in being able to go and do a barbell squat, um, you can, you can just do a dumbbell squat or something. I don't necessarily think that the skills that you accrue from doing machines are transferable because if you go into the Smith machine, which is the, it's like a bar, but it's, it's basically trapped in a machine. So it goes straight up and down and you sort of can't move around it. It stays up and up and down. So a lot of, um, women in particular, I'll see be doing squats in that machine, but it doesn't teach you how to manage your balance and and changes in those positions. So I think that, you know, you can do some machines, but definitely needs to have an element of free weight stuff or body weight stuff, you know, like a push up isn't necessarily the most complex exercise, but it can be really, really effective. Mm -hmm. And then that brings me into, I guess, progression and things like that. So say, for example, um, yes, you know, I could not do a push up when I started. I remember my personal trainer would wrap a towel around my waist. I couldn't even do them on my knees. Mm. Like I just had no, I had no strength at all. <laughs> and he would wrap yeah. a towel around my waist and I was on my knees and he'd pull me up with that towel basically, because I yeah. just couldn't, I couldn't do more than about two on my knees. Even that was like mm. a massive struggle. So for which is like, awesome. Cause you do like 10 reps on your toes now. Yeah. Well, I've, you know, I've been doing it for a few years now and that's that consistency really does pay off. But, you know, think about me five, 10 years ago, like what would you recommend to somebody just starting out if they, if they weren't able to do a push up, or even just the thought of doing a squat was, um, was a bit daunting, you know, actually getting into the, the squat rack. Yeah. So, um, we'll start with the squats and we can sort of, I guess, if you'd like to go through those exercises that we touched on earlier and just a little mm-hmm. bit more detail as to how to get started and sort of um, progression models from like very, very beginner to like, you know, what you're going to do when you're six, 12 months down the track and crushing it. So with our squat, the easiest thing to start with is, is a chair sit. So like everyone can stand up from, well, most people, um, hopefully most of our listeners are able to stand up from a chair. Mm -hmm. So you can literally start with that. And a lot of the times, particularly if you're going to put a bar on your back or if you're going to hold a weight in your hands, I like to put some support behind you so that you don't go um, too low or overbalance. And it just gives you that safety. And you know that you're also hitting a reasonable depth with that exercise. So um, if you are going to hold that weight out in front in your hands, you've got that support and to know, okay, I've, I've hit the range that I need to. And then you can stand up from there. Same with the barbell. I think, you know, having that feedback that's tactile that you can go, okay, I've actually, I've got it here. Or, you know, even if it's just below where you need to go. So if you do fall or if you, if you can't get it back up, you just sit down. You know, it's not, it's not a big, scary, daunting thing if you've, um, if you've gone through some repetitions, body weight first. And once you're getting into the squat rack, using the things like, um, 
what do they call them when you you put the bars the out? safety rack yeah the safety rack I, I'm such a big yeah. fan of the safety rack like I get so scared particularly once I actually end up putting weight onto the the barbell as well I always always take the extra time to put the safety racks onto the cages because yeah. they're rarely ever on there and I rarely I ever know. see anybody else using them but for me that's just that <laughs> It allows me to push that weight a little bit heavier. So if I can't get back up, I just drop it straight down into the safety rack and it's, it's all good. A hundred percent. And on that, one thing that I always get my clients to do very early on is to fail a rep when they're using a barbell mm-hmm. because people freak out about the unknown and they just don't know what's going to happen if they can't get the weight back up. So what they'll do is they'll be like, oh, it's too heavy. So they'll just do like a half rep range. Mm-hmm. We still want you to get that full repetition out and we want you to be comfortable knowing how to fail. It's just like giving someone the keys to your car and going and not telling them or you know, having them never learnt how to drive and not telling where the brake pedal is. You need to know where that is before you're going to let someone drive a car. Same thing with your squats. You need to learn how to fail before you learn how to lift. So I always will demonstrate first and show them that it's not scary so they're not freaking out and then I'll get them to demonstrate it for me. So they're like, oh, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it was. And then they're more confident to go into that bottom of the range because they know if they can't get it back up, it's really not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And is safety racks the the one thing you recommend in terms of failing a lift, like something like a squat? Totally. Yeah. Um, if you're using a barbell completely. Yeah. And what about if it's something like, um, like a deadlift? I guess you just, you kind of just drop the weight if you can't get it back up. Totally. I'm a big advocate for making sure that your safety is paramount. I don't care if you drop a barbell or if you drop a dumbbell. I care that you don't break yourself. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to deadlifts or even like something like a shoulder press or whatnot, if you're really struggling and you're not going to get it back up, just drop them. Just like flick them to the sides. Don't worry about having to slowly try and control them if it's way too heavy because if you have your weights right overhead and they're really heavy and you go to slowly control them and you're going to sort of fall with them, it's way better to just let them go because your body is way more important than a set of dumbbells. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, same with a deadlift. If you're freaking out, if you're not sure, literally just let go. Like it's a loud sound, um, but you know, Olympic weightlifters do it all the time. And so it's, it's not something that you need to worry about because I know a lot of people when they start out, they're like, oh, I don't want to make noise or, you know, but everyone's going to look at me or, you know, that, that weights, like I want to be nice to the weights. And I'm like, we're not here for the weights. We're here for you and your health is paramount in this. So we want to make it safe as possible. We want to make you feel comfortable. Mm. And I guess that comes back to even training with a professional or even just with a friend or getting someone just to spot you. If you know that you're, say you normally do like a 10 kilo shoulder press, if you're going to go up to like 12 and a half kilos, just getting some random in the gym who might just be between sets playing on their phone, just being like, Hey man, do you Mm. mind giving me a spot for just a second? Like I've had people in the gym ask me that before and I have absolutely no problem with that. And then whenever I know that I'm trying to progress in terms of a weight, like if I'm really trying to hit a, hit a PB this week, I'll bring my partner along just to spot me, just to make sure that I'm okay. Because again, it's just that in my mind, that fail safe, like I'm okay if I can't get that weight up or if I sort of freeze at the bottom of my squat, I'm okay. I can just kind of drop it back into the safety rack. I know I'm okay. So training with someone to just help you get that rep out or just be there to grab those weights if you can't get them up or down. Yeah. And it can also be daunting asking someone to spot you or support you, but just know that 95% of people are more than happy to do that. And it's, it's, I guess, just gym etiquette, you know, and if you're not comfortable just going up to a random guy in the gym, go grab one of the trainers who seems like they're sort of just hanging around. Um, if you've got one of those in your gym and say, Hey, do you mind if you help me out? And you might even learn something from them for technique wise that you didn't know, you know? So asking for help is never going to, well, very, very rarely going to result in a no. I don't think I've ever had someone say no to me. Yeah, no, I haven't. And I've never said no to anybody else either. Like sometimes I've said, yeah. yeah, sure, buddy, just give me, just give me a minute. I'll just pump out this set and I'll be right yeah. with you. But I've never, ever said flat out no to somebody either. Yeah. And that's, you know, you could make a lifelong gym buddy or a lifelong lifting buddy from just yeah. reaching out and asking buddy, somebody for, you know, a helping hand for a second. Yeah, totally. I've seen yeah. it done. It always is better training with somebody else, isn't it? Yeah. And it keeps, keeps that motivation as well. 
if that's going to help you sort of continue that routine, definitely find someone that you trust for that. Mm -hmm. Now we've talked about squats in terms of beginner, like starting with the, the, you know, the chair and then progressing to maybe a kettlebell, then the barbell. What about, um, a deadlift? How would you, cause that's a, that was the one movement that I just, I never really got until I started training with you. And that was the reason that I came to you was because I can do all of my lifts, but the deadlift is just something that I really, really struggled with. And for so long, I just blamed it on my height. Like I said to you, the first time <laughs> I met you, I'm six foot tall. That's why I can't deadlift. And you're like, I'm calling you on your BS. It's not that. Yeah. Well, I'm six foot as well. So you can yeah um yeah so I think you know body proportions and things like that will play into some of these movements but doesn't mean you can't just the way that you do it may need to be altered so that's Mm -hmm. where having someone support um you can come in handy like we're talking about before with squats immediately I looked at you and you know you have a very similar body type to me and that we're both very tall and lanky um Mm -hmm. with long legs in particular so you know for all of my squats and therefore for all your squats I was like dude elevate your heels because what it's going to do is it's going to take away like my femur length is like disproportionately longer than any other area of my body, which means that my squats look like I'm falling over forwards every time I do them. So if I elevate my heels, it effectively like fakes an increased range in my lower leg and therefore the ratio between my up, my thigh and my like um, lower leg is less which means my torso will be more upright in a squat. And it's not cheating. It's just being smart with your mechanics and going, all right, this is probably, you know, a better way for me to do it. Because you'll see some sort of short pocket rockets and they can bust it out and they're almost vertical. But that's not mm-hmm. going to be you or I. And so we just need to play around with it. And if you don't have squat shoes, you can pu- just pop a, a plate under your heels to help keep you a little bit more upright if you do feel that you're falling forward. But back to your original question, deadlifts, um, in terms of getting started, I always like to start with a hip hinge or like a half range or something like that. So Um, like an RDL, a Romanian deadlift is a really good one for that. So you start with a bar or even, or even some dumbbells in your hands and you want to think about pushing your butt back to the wall behind you. So it's not about sort of bending the knees like we do with a squat. It's about hinging at the hips. So if your hips were a door handle, you're just moving from that area only, um, not door handle, a door hinge. Uh, yeah so your hinge comes from from the hips and you want to feel a a slight pull or a slight stretch through your hamstrings so keep that bar really really close just go to the knees you don't have to do it fully off the floor you can again use the safety racks from the squat and put them down a bit lower sort of where your knees are and start there stand up with it and then push your bum back out to lower down to the safety rack. So, you know, for some real beginner who's not confident or doesn't know where to put their body position, that's probably my starting point for people. And then when we think about pull-ups, that was another goal that I had with you. Once we got the deadlift on point, I was like, I just want to be able to do five pull-ups. I still can't do five fully great body-weighted pull-ups. We're getting there. We are getting there slowly. It takes so long. Yeah. At least I I progressed out of the machine though, but for so long I I was in the machine, but I'm onto bands now in the cages, which is good. But do you recommend somebody start in the pull-up machine? Is that sort of the first progression for a pull-up? Yeah, I really like the machine because it keeps constant tension throughout. So, you know, if you're in like a strength and conditioning box that's that's not like a machine-orientated gym, then, you know, you don't really have an option. But um, the other thing that actually you do have an option, um, I usually would put a box below the height of the bar that you're hanging on to and use your feet as a support. So. you know how you see those videos and people are busting out and they're like 300 reps and then they like zoom out and you can see their feet are like standing them up and dropping them back down and they're not actually pulling (laughs) themselves up. (laughs) Funny, but also really helpful when you're trying to learn it to keep that tension. So um, I will use that with some people because you can use as little or as much leg 
strength as you need to push yourself up. But obviously you're not just standing up and squatting back down. You're trying to, you know, still pull with your arms and just give yourself enough support to make it challenging enough for your pull-ups. Um, they're my probably two go-tos, whether you've got an assisted machine or not. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to progress like me, like I for so long was like, I'm only going to use the skinniest band in the, in the, you know, cage to do my pull-ups. And I just wasn't progressing at all. And you're like, dude, you need to use two bands. And I was like, no, I refuse. (laughs) But I've actually made so much more progress from just doubling up on my band. So the thicker the band or the more bands that you use, obviously the easier it will be to do um, your chin-ups or your pull-ups as well. Mm. And the other thing is um, with, with, uh, I guess pull-ups and push-ups, you can do negative reps. So if you've mm-hmm. never heard of a negative or an eccentric rep, it's where you start at the top of the movement and just slowly lower to the bottom and then let go and start again. So what this looks like is grabbing onto that pull-up bar and then you know, you'd know you have to use your legs or find some way to get to the top without pulling yourself up. So you just start in that top position, then you release your legs from the ground so you're hanging from that top position, hold it for a second, and then count to three to slowly lower yourself all the way down to the ground. Negatives are one of the best ways to build strength as well um, and muscle mass. And they're also really good at learning that movement because it's literally a reverse of what you need to do to push yourself or to get those repetitions out when you are trying to pull with your arms. Mm, That's such a great tip because I actually started in more of the, like the functional type of gym. It didn't have one of the assisted chin up machines. It didn't even really have bands. Like if you wanted a band, you had to bring one yourself and I didn't roll around with, you know bands when I first started (laughs) gymming and so it used to just have like the chin-up rack and that was it and so I used to pull a box under I'd jump up I'd hover above the thing and then just lowered myself down for two three four seconds and then I'd jump up and lower myself down and I'd jump up and and I'd do three sets of that and I'd get to anywhere between like six to ten reps and then I'd have a couple of minutes rest and then I'd go again and for me that for so long that was all I did I didn't even do like a proper chin-up or even in a band or in a machine that's just Mm. how I started with negatives and I found I got so much stronger um just doing that totally it's yeah really good that people I guess sort of miss out on that and people will do you know their reps and then um on that last rep they sort of just drop the weights or they don't finish it off so just focusing Mm -hmm. on those negatives is a really big one as well and you taught me to do the same thing. I was always doing it with um, chin-ups, but I never actually thought about it with push-ups. And you always said to me, you know, you yeah. used to program in like 15 push-ups. I'm like, dude, I can barely get to 10. And you're like, you need to do it, like drop down to your knees and then, you know, push yourself back up. Yeah. Well, the opposite way. Yeah. So with your push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confusing myself now. I'm Lee's such a like visual person. I can't see it. Like pushing the camera away from herself. Um, yeah. So <laughs> with your push-ups, um, if you're going to be doing negatives, start on your toes and just slowly, like if you've ever done yoga before, they call it chaturanga. It's where you mm-hmm. very, very slowly lower yourself into the bottom and push up. And then you can just relax on the ground. So, so go all the way down. And then if you can't push yourself back up on your toes, then you go to your, you can go to your knees and push yourself up on your knees to get out those repetitions that you need. Um, the thing with the push-ups I really like to do is instead of knee push-ups, because when you think about on your knees, the distance from your knee to your shoulder is always obviously going to be shorter than the distance from your feet to your shoulders. So to be able to do a push-up on a slight incline, like using the Smith machine or using a barbell that's elevated um, in a rack is actually going to help to build your uh, push-up strength, sorry, faster than keeping yourself on your knees. And it's going to be more core work and core engagement as well. So you have to have more body awareness to do a push-up on your toes, regardless of whether your hands are elevated on a box or something. So I always, always like to um, have people resting on their feet, not on their knees for their push-ups if they can. Mm-hmm. So even doing them off a bench or something like that, you recommend 100%. more so than on their toes. Yeah, 100%. And if you can't do it off a bench, if the bench is too low, because even, you know, I find that challenging after a couple of sets, you can, um, you know, put the this barbell in the rack and just lift it up a little bit so you're on like maybe even a 45 degree incline but 
we don't want to sacrifice range of motion with this stuff. So if you're doing push-ups on your toes, but you're only going down halfway, I always, I'm like, no, scrap that, come up onto the bench or onto the box Mm -hmm. and let's do them from here because you're going to get more out of that because we know that if we go through a larger range of motion, we're going to help to build more muscle mass and we're going to get stronger quicker. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of when I said, when I first started out on my journey, my trainer used to wrap a towel around my waist and I'd do them on my knees. Literally, I could do like maybe not even five with him assisting me. And then he'd be like, okay, we're done here onto the wall. And I just used to do little baby push-ups on the wall. It seems ridiculous. <laughs> I remember saying to him like, this is so embarrassing, but that to me was so tough and that hurt so much. Like just like off the wall, mm. like not even like maybe not even 30 centimeters away from the wall. Like I used to just do push-ups on a wall, which just seems absolutely ridiculous, like standing upright. But after a few sets on, you know, baby ones on my knees with him pulling the towel around me to like physically lift me up, I had nothing left. Like my shoulders would like, and chest would shake. And so for me, that was just the next progression because just to sort of get out that last little bit of range of motion and really just like max me out. Totally. And again, important to make sure that we are pushing you to those limits. Even if, you know, you're like, oh, I'm not even lifting very much weight or whatever. It's you're going to reap the rewards in the long term by starting out with really, really good habits. Great. And then the last one, probably the big compound movement that I I guess you see a lot of is like something like a chest press. So where would you see, um, I guess, more of a beginner starting with a chest press? Would you recommend just getting some like little two or three kilo dumbbells? Is Is there another sort of... Um, way that you would recommend starting out with that exercise. When you say chest press, do you mean like a like bench, a bench press, press? Yeah. Like yeah. A bench okay. Press, yeah. Cool. Usually, when I say think chest press, I think machine. Oh yeah. It's a set, well, would you thing. recommend yes. starting in the machine or starting on like an actual bench with some dumbbells? Yeah, definitely dumbbells. If you're starting out, barbell can be a little bit daunting because if you fail, that's one of the ones where um, it's not as easy to get out of. Especially yeah, if the you're, bar kind of just falls on top yeah, of you. Yeah, especially if you're um, by yourself and you haven't sort of had much practice with that. I've definitely um, failed on a bench press before and had to like roll it down my body and then like wriggle myself off, and it's not the most comfortable experience. So starting with dumbbells is really good because if you can't do it anymore, you literally just drop them and you're safe and you're fine. Um, so yeah, if you're going to be doing a bench press variation, I definitely start with the dumbbells. Um, and the biggest things I notice that people are not doing with their bench press is setting their shoulder blades before they lift. So what I mean by that is you don't want to be sort of sloppy through your shoulders It's just like if you were going to do a handstand, you're not going to be floppy. You have to be set and solid to be able to create a good stable base with your hands to remain inverted. Same thing with um, all of your lifts really, but with your bench press, with your dumbbells, what you want to be doing is when you're at the bottom of the lift, you want to sort of squeeze your shoulder blades together and make sure that they're flat on the bench that you're laying on. And then from there, you're going to have a much more stable position to push from. That's a great tip there. Now, I thought of another one to ask you the age-old question with pull-ups, overhand or underhand? Overhand or what's the other thing called? Yeah, yeah, overhand, underhand. Uh, there's yeah, also okay. neutral and there's, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to confuse people too much if they're What do you recommend out. for people starting out? I typically like overhand. Um, I mean, you should be doing a combination of both and, you know, making sure your exercises have some overhand movements, some underhand movements, because you're going to target different muscles. You're going to be stronger in an underhand because you've got more bicep strength assisting you. But if you do have an assisted machine or you can use your feet on a box with your pull-ups, I like overhand because the research has shown that your lower traps, which is the muscle that sits um, below your shoulder blades towards the spine, they're going to be more engaged in an overhand uh, pull-up. So the reason that's important is because they are one of the prime stabilizers of your shoulders. So if you're feeling a bit sort of all over the place, being able to engage those muscles more frequently is going to help with your stability as well. Amazing. Such great tips. Now, Finish off, I would love to get your insights into your top three biggest lifting mistakes for beginners. What are three things that you see people doing wrong consistently when they're sort of just starting out in their journey? Mm, That's a really good one. Put you on the spot here. Yeah. Um, Basic one, don't forget a towel and a water bottle. (laughs) 
Yeah, um, good tip. Yeah, and gym adequate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you if you use weights, put them back where they came yeah. from. In the right spot. Um, where the, not the five kilos where the tens are meant to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, but tips for weight training when you're first starting out that people commonly mess up. I think, I think just not going too quickly through your routine when you're first starting out and you're trying to learn all these exercises, don't make it too complex. So to make Mm -hmm. it simple and make it something that you're comfortable and confident with and just little by little add and build on that. It doesn't have to be 50 different exercises um, in a row with no rest break, with burpees in between or, you know, anything crazy, but just make one thing your your target for that session and go, all right, I'm going to, you know, go through squats today and that's going to be my focus and, and really focus the attention to the detail with your exercise with that. So I guess the first tip, well, bring your gym towel, gym etiquette, um, then make sure that you're focusing on the exercise and not making it too complex. Um, mm-hmm. And then if I had to pick a third one, I'd probably say bracing is really under underlooked. So when we talk about bracing, it, it comes into everything. But when we think sort of like a push-up, that's where you see people sort of sag through their lower back and their bellies sort of arching towards the floor. That's a really big one. You can also see that bracing position when people sort of flex their spine when they're doing a deadlift and they look like the hunchback. Um, or in a squat mm-hmm. when they're sort of all over the shop. So doing some sort of brace exercise to just bring awareness to that in your warm-up is a really good idea too. So, for example, you could do a plank or you could do what's called a dead bug where you lay on your back and you have a, a fit ball in between your hands and your knees but not touching your belly, laying there and just sort of squeezing inwards and really feeling that tension that you create through your abs um, so that you can, when you lift you're, you're thinking about that and it's already sort of ready to go in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier, um, more like cues and techniques for some of your big lifts. And I know you always say to me, like when I squat, squat, like corkscrew mm. your heels in, have you got any more, um, I guess, cues that you'd like to give our listeners at home for some of our bigger lifts or things to, I guess, just remind them when they're doing some of these bigger compound lifts? Yeah. So the corkscrewing your feet into the ground is a massive one with your squats. So when we talk about that, we want to make sure that our feet are forward or slightly rotated out and then your th- thinking if you had your feet super glued onto the floor, you're trying to spin your left foot counterclockwise and your right foot clockwise to really sort of screw into the floor as you go down into the lift because that's going to create stability. So you're not feeling all over the shop and you're not feeling wobbly with it. Um, And it's also going to help keep your knees out so that you don't buckle inwards with those knees when you're trying to push back up. So um, setting set up position is going to be really important with that um other things that I use I guess with deadlifts sort of pushing your bum back um or I even sometimes say to people because uh, they'll do that but then they'll bend their knees so I say ass to the ceiling and giving people cues that are external is really helpful so uh instead of saying get your core braced you'll say squeeze into the ball or something where you can visualize it and it's something outside of, you know, rotate your left foot three centimeters this way. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can just visualize and, you know, okay, bum to the ceiling. All right, I know how to do that. Yeah. Um, that's a really big one for those deadlifts. Um What else? In terms of push-ups, um, again, so to not sag, um, through through the abs, you want to make sure that you're tucking your pelvis under. So if you are standing up right now, you put your hands on your hips and then you want to basically booty pop and push your belly out as far as you can, really arch down through your lower back and then do the opposite of that. So tuck your pelvis under, squeeze your bum, tuck your abs and do like a baby ab crunch in standing that squeeze tight position that you're in now, that is where you should be in your push-up the whole way through. And you should notice if you sort of unclench your butt or if you sag through the abs, you'll be able to bring it back a lot sooner 
than if you, I guess, weren't focusing on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my top one for pull-ups would be, again, it's all about the setup. So um, the initiation of a pull-up is really, really important. So when you're hanging and your hands are over your head, the first thing you want to do is not sort of just start to pull and bring your elbows down. From that hanging position, you first want to set your shoulder blades down so your elbows stay locked and straight and the only thing you're moving are your shoulder blades away from your ears. So if you give yourself sort of like no neck and go Um, shoulders up really high and then the opposite of that really pulling your shoulder blades down to try and get them to touch your butt cheeks Um, that would be the the cue that I use most often with pull-ups amazing you've given us such great little nuggets of gold and nuggets of wisdom (laughs) there Um, so I think that's probably all we have time for today and I think from a beginner's perspective you've just given us so so much information that I think that anyone no matter I guess where they are in their journey but particularly for beginners that's given them a lot to think about Um, and now we've also mentioned in the previous podcast that you do these amazing virtual online consults so Xenia is based in Brisbane Um, if anybody is in Brisbane you are welcome to train with her she's incredible as I said she's been coaching me for about a year now um, but she also does offer worldwide um, virtual um, consultations so do you want to tell our listeners at home a little bit more about them yeah so um, there's there's a few things I offer the the virtual stuff is obviously that I guess higher price point that one-on-one specific help if you're really struggling you really want that individualized program also if you've you know got an injury that you you know, can't get rid of or your squats really hurt your lower back or anything like that, that's probably um, more what I would push you towards in terms of what you're, what you would be suited to best. Um, and those virtual sessions, like they said, really, really cool. Uh, we basically get on a video call and you just take your phone into the gym with you with some wireless headphones. And I'm literally there um, with you virtually and I'll get you to, you know, set your phone up beside you and I'll have a look at your technique for certain lifts and you know I'll be like okay next set move the camera to this position and during your reps I'm going to be talking you through it and giving you those cues so you're not forgetting them um so that yeah it's 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 basically the next best thing to uh having me there standing with you but with anywhere anywhere in the world um and then you know, outside of that, I've also got heaps of information that I post on my social media and I'm pretty sure there's a free mobility testing um, sheet up at the moment so you can check where your mobility is at and see if you're lacking in any areas. Um, and I also have a mobility guide that is an ebook that is available for purchase. So there's a few different options for people um, if they're interested. But yeah, probably the first thing would be just to check me out on um Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or whatever's your preference and that's all under Swift Movement Academy there that's a handle for everything great so guys go and give Xenia a follow on social media at Swift Movement Academy and if you uh, would like to book in with her if you'd like to just even if you just have a random question or something that really piqued your interest during these last two podcasts that you'd like to touch base with her with please reach out she's super friendly and she will do her best to help you guys out so thank you so much for joining us Xenia you've given us a whole range of um, amazing tips and little knowledge bombs Um, so make sure everybody goes and gives Xenia a follow on social media with Movement Academy and we will check you guys out in the next podcast. Thank you for joining us, Sonia. Thanks.